that we have from God's Word. What a blessing. A special thanks to those that worked on the lighted float for the parade last night and worked on it and put it together and pulled it and tore it apart and everything. That was a a good blessing. And I won't start naming names because I'll miss somebody. And also special thanks to those responsible for decorating in a seasonal, festive manner here, the church. You know, until you stop and think about it, in all of life, things happen, but we don't realize that it took people. It's not like after Thanksgiving, you walk into church and, wow, everything, where did that all come from? It's incredible. There were people giving of their time and effort and energies, and um, that's all the way through life. Um, and we need to learn to observe and be thankful and and rejoice that um, when you invest, you may not see a reward here, but it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. And what a blessing! That is, a number of years ago, Reader's Digest gave the account of a woman who'd been bitten by a dog and was advised by her doctor to write her last wishes as she was about to succumb to hydrophobia, which is human rabies. So... She was given a pen and paper, and she started writing, and she wrote, and she wrote, and she wrote. And the doctor finally remarked something about how long the will would be. Will, she snorted, I'm writing a list of people I'm going to bite. (laughs) Now... That shows you that there was some deep-rooted problems there. And um, some of you might relate to that in certain ways. But the reality is that we often wonder in our life, why why do certain people blow up? over apparent minor incidents. I mean, you may go to work and some little thing happens and and a fellow worker just blows up, I mean, goes clear off. Or maybe in in your family, some little thing happens that seems little to you and and someone just goes ballistic with it and you think, really? What? What is going on here? And often, we don't see what is going on, but one common ailment that people have today, and I don't mean today as being unusual, I think throughout human history, is bitterness. And 
sad to say, many times we as Christians are plagued with this same ailment, this same fault, this same sin, and it it hinders the work of God in a great manner. In Mark 11 and verse 25, Jesus in His ministry, and again He is preparing His disciples for ministry, and He teaches them, verse 25 of Mark 11, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, this is sandwiched in a lot of his other teaching. But this is a a key nugget of truth that he is giving to us. And in so doing, it is important that, that we learn from it. Unforgiveness or bitterness is one of Satan's greatest weapons in devouring and destroying all kinds of relationships. It seeks out those who have been offended or hurt by someone else. It encourages them to dwell on the offense until deep-seated resentment develops, and it takes root, and they hear in their mind, they talk to themselves in this regard, look what he did to me, look what they said, look how they disrespected me, and she calls herself a Christian, or he calls himself a Christian, and how could this be? And it finds, sad to say, too often in many hearts and lives, fertile ground that it grows and it develops. Now, everyone has reasons to be bitter. Every one of us can come up with things that we can justify that we've been offended in. In this world, Jesus says, in this world there will be many offenses. So, it is important for us to, to understand this isn't just something that's unique to us. It's, it's something that everyone has. And the problem is, why we develop bitterness is the God we have in our life, self, gets bumped off the throne, gets pushed off the throne, gets marginalized by someone else, gets mocked or ridiculed or not respected by someone else, and we take offense to that. And then we nurture that offense and we develop that offense. And um, if if I were to say one of the most common ailments, if you please, among human beings today is this aspect of the root of bitterness. I think we've we've fed this in an entitlement 
attitude that is in society. But it's not just that. We're born with the love of self, and if someone bumps self, we don't like it. We can take up an offense, and, and we're bothered by it. And Jesus, in teaching, says, you know, this aspect of unforgiveness, this aspect of bitterness toward others, hinders my working. We sometimes say, man, I'd really like to see God do an amazing work. I'd really like to see him answer this prayer. And there are many reasons that we don't see the the working of God in great manners sometimes. But we need to begin by first of all examining, is it because I have an unforgiving spirit? Is it because I have bitterness in my heart? And we read from Matthew chapter 18 the account of the man that was forgiven all this great amount that there was no way he could pay it back in and of himself. But the master had compassion on him and forgave it. And then he went out and he grabbed someone by the neck that owed him a little minuscule amount compared to what he was forgiven And in so doing, he did not have mercy. He said, you're going to prison. And he did not reflect the mercy that was given to him in manifesting it to others. The problem is we seldom recognize our own bitterness. Even this man in the account in Mark in Matthew chapter 18 never really acknowledged it and repented of it and that's the danger of a bitter spirit that we seldom recognize it we all have reasons that we can justify our bitterness we all have reasons why I'm I'm okay with acting this way. It's important that we understand what may be some signs of bitterness in our own heart. We don't have time this morning to go into um, some of the consequences of bitterness. But some of the signs that we are bitter... We distance ourselves from the person, the offender. I mean, we just kind of stay away from them. Another sign is we get irritated and frustrated when we think about them. And it may be somebody mentions their name and, and no one else may notice it, but in our spirit it's, there's there's some boiling going on. There's some um, frustration. We continually look for evidence to prove our point and build our case against them. So they offended us, and that person is is just a jerk. And so we're looking for. Somebody mentioned something they did. Oh, that just proves they're a jerk. See, we add that to our file. So-and-so's jerk file, you know what I'm saying? And we build our case. 
And, and we quietly are building our case. It's because there's bitterness. We, we may even come to the point where not just distancing ourselves from them, I'll say it this way, not literally, but we consider them dead to us. I'm just going to act like they don't even exist. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, somebody mentions, I don't even acknowledge. I, I'm just going to go through life. They are dead to me. We might say, I don't have anything against them, meaning I am not purposely going out of my way to make their life miserable, but we don't have anything for them. See, we think, I'm justified, I'm not, I'm not hunting them down, but we're not for them, we're not supportive or encouraging. In fact, another sign is we rejoice when things go poorly for them. When you hear a report, their car blew up. That serves them right. He ripped me off $2 the other day and good for him. Way to go, God. We rejoice when things go poorly for them. But bitterness isn't just about other people offending us. There's one other aspect of bitterness. We can just get bitter with life because we compare our life with others and we complain about it. So... It might just be our lot in life. Bitterness happens in families. Siblings will get bitter at another sibling because it seems like everything's fell their way or they got all the looks and I didn't or they got all the smarts and I didn't or whatever else. And, and siblings can be bitter at other siblings, they can be bitter at parents, believing that parents favor one over the other. And maybe they do, but the bitterness is not going to help, help the issue. And we compare our life with others and we complain about it. And it may, it may not be verbal complaints, it's in our mind. We're mulling over things, you know. In our mind, that's, that's what we're living with. And bitterness, someone has said, bitterness is like drinking poison and hope it affects the one that you're bitter at. You know, bitterness doesn't really affect them. It affects us. And ultimately, all bitterness is against God. And that's why he says, you want me to do a mighty work in your life in answering prayer. But he says, but you're harboring bitterness about this event in your life. 
about this person in your life, about this circumstance in your life. And he says, you don't have my heart. I can't entrust you with this blessing. As I said, we could go into many other consequences of bitterness, how it affects us, but I want, I want to give us um, seven steps to conquer bitterness. <clears throat> and it begins with what we read in Matthew chapter 18. We must be mindful of God's forgiveness of our sin. God's forgiveness is the basis of all our behavior. Our struggle with forgiveness and bitterness is often due to the fact that we have forgotten the immensity of God's forgiveness for us. And any offense that anyone has brought into our life is minor, very, very minor, compared to our offense to God. And that God was willing to forgive us, we need to keep that in mind. He forgave us something that there was no way we could work it out. And so as we receive his mercy and his forgiveness and we go into life and someone offends us, we need to be mindful of God's forgiveness. This offense in my life is nothing compared to how God has, how I've offended God. And He was willing to forgive me. Every one of us have been, as believers, have been forgiven to the highest degree that we can possibly imagine. And we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. See, He's saying, Confirmation that we have received God's forgiveness is that we are willing to forgive others. It's not forgiving others earns us God's forgiveness. It is confirmation that I have received God's forgiveness is I keep that in mind. That is my standard. That is my model. That is what I hold before me. I am to forgive as Christ forgave me. And as a result, then I should be willing to forgive others. So, foundational. We must keep in mind how much we have been forgiven. And be reminded of that. We sang, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part. But the whole was nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. That is the mercy of God. And that's what he's called us to manifest to others. So to, to conquer bitterness, we need to first be mindful of God's forgiveness. Secondly, confess having a bitter spirit and remove all guilt. He who covers his sins, Proverbs 28:13, he who covers his sins will not prosper. 
in in all my years, it is very seldom that I have ever counseled anyone and and said, "Do you think you might be bitter in this?" Very seldom does anyone ever say, "Yeah, I probably am." Usually, we deny it, we excuse it away. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm bitter. I'm. I just don't have any feelings toward him. But to to come to where we identify it and confess it as God, I have been holding grudges. I have been against this person. That is not your spirit toward them. And I now confess it as sin. And I I put there, and remove all guilt. To then ask, in this situation, what have I done to contribute to the problem? and, And we really need the Spirit's direction in this because we're blind when it comes to seeing our own faults. What have I done to contribute to this? I didn't do anything. Boy, did you see what they did? Or if I did, it's it's minor. It might be 10%. Or, boy, that's being generous. It's probably 5%. Well, you know what? We're 100% responsible for our what we think is 10% wrong. And we need to take care of that. And we need to say, God, I have had a bitter spirit. I've been thinking on things that are not true and honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. There's no virtue in what I'm thinking. And, and God, I confess to you my sin of bitterness. And I want you to show me where I have contributed to it. And as we're made aware of that, God, I'm, I'm seeking your forgiveness, and I'm going to go seek forgiveness from them for my part, for my wrong. So, we confess our sin of bitterness, and we take steps to pursue a clear conscience. Thirdly, we put the matter in God's hands. Now, I I cannot imagine what what some people have endured and offenses great great offenses that have come in their lives but the problem comes when we take those offenses and we don't give that offense to God so we'll let We'll let this this represent an offense, okay? So someone offends me, and I take that, and I hang on to it, and I nurture that. And I carry that with me. And, and as I'm going through life, and I carry it with me, and, and I run into a similar situation... 
and it reminds me of this offense. And so that piles on even more. And I'm carrying this. And and I'm not going to put this down. They've never come to me to make this right. So I'm going to carry it. I didn't have her sit up here for this reason, but we'll illustrate, okay? She offended me, okay? And she hasn't come and asked forgiveness, so I'm not going to, I'm going to hold on to this. Well, when you've been married 46 years, it's not just two offenses, And I'm not, it goes both ways, okay? But, there it is. And I say, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it behind me. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna dwell on it. I'm gonna put it behind me. And there we go. So we go off in life. And she says something again that offends me. There it is. And I'm carrying it. So, I put it, I put it back here. And um, that's the problem. Offenses fall out all over the place, don't they? <laughs> and I put it behind me. And things are going pretty good. And then some little thing happens. Why did you turn there? Why did I turn there? I take all those offenses. I've been carrying them. And she goes, all I said was, why did you turn there? But I've been building up these offenses. I've, been ner- I've never dealt with them. And so you wonder... I just said to the guy at work when I walked in, I see you parked in a different place this morning. Oh my, you would have thought the world blew up. What's going on? They're hanging on to bitternesses. So, here's, here's what happens. The first offense comes. Some of you are... You're into details, so I, the first offense was this one, wasn't it, Red? <laughs> the first offense comes, how I need to deal with it is I need to bring it to God and say, God, I give this to you. You have a purpose for this in my life, and, and I am not going to carry this. You might say, it is wrong. It is wrong. Romans twelve nineteen says, vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay. It is not my responsibility to get vengeance against anyone else. I am going to give that to you, Lord, and I am not going to carry. Yeah, but, but they haven't asked forgiveness. I have given it to God. And when they, if they ever ask forgiveness, it's already a foregone conclusion. I will forgive them, but I am not going to carry that throughout my life. 
because it will affect every area of my life. And Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 says, Be careful that you don't fail of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness. See, I think I've, I think I've taken care of it. It's, it's behind me. I'm not bitter. But then the root of bitterness springs up. Something happens and it brings out all the bitterness that has been there. And it ends up troubling many. So, it is giving it to God. It's interesting, the Greek words that are used for forgiveness, one of them that he uses means to grant grace. Another one that is used is to meet with kindness and generosity of spirit. So, you know... People say things, and we all say things that we don't mean. We say things that we do mean. But rather than me taking this personally, I'm going to give it to God and say, God, I am not going to carry that. I am not going to bear that burden, and I am, I am giving it to you. I trust you to work in their life. And again, there's many other avenues of this, but this is, generally speaking, what will help us. So we put the matter in God's hands. Number four, accept the problem as a messenger of God for good. Job 1.21, that God uses these things for our good. So then to say, God, you've allowed this into my life. Do you believe God's sovereign? Do you you believe God knows everything that's going on? So, God, you allowed this person into my life, or you allowed this circumstance into my life. What, What are you wanting to accomplish in my life through this? And, Lord willing, in Sunday school, we'll go over some of the things. But, God, what are you trying to teach me? See, it changes our focus from, that person has offended me, to, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? Then, number five, appropriate God's grace. I mentioned Hebrews chapter 12, but turn there if you would. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Well, verse 14, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see God. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So he says, in every situation... God promises to give His grace. Years ago, I heard someone say, every every offense, every crisis, God accompanies it with His grace. It's like there's a, a dump truck of grace that backs up. Beep, beep, beep. And He dumps grace right there. Grace is the power of God 
that works in my life to do his will. But you notice what it said, don't fail of the grace of God. The pile of God's grace may be there, but if I never avail myself to it, I'm going to fail of the grace of God. I don't have the time to go into it, but 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, Paul said, I labored more abundantly than others so that the grace of God was not given to me in vain, so that the power of God to do His will was not piled up and it was wasted. It didn't, it didn't empower me to do His will. He says, no way. I labored more abundantly. That means I was seeking God's Word. God, this problem has come into my life. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what you're trying to teach me. I am going to search the Scriptures. What are you trying to teach me? I want to renew my mind and my strength with truth, that's through Scripture, and by dependence upon you, God, that's through prayer. So it's, this is hard work. You don't just wave a wand and you overcome. This is, okay, this offense, but to get God's grace, I need to mine God's grace out of the Word of God. How do I respond to this? How, what are examples of response to this? And then, God, I am crying out to you. I do not want to respond the right way. I want to get even with them. I want to put them in their place. I want to do this and I want to do that. And God, that's my natural tendency. And I need your strength. I need your grace. I need your power. I mean... As we go on through these, it seems like they get harder and harder. But let me just quickly go on. Number six, ask God to bless your offender. And some of you are saying, yeah, right. Ask God to bless them. Do you know what they did to me? What would it be if God blessed them? And you might say, you don't even know them. They are as ungodly as possible. They are mean. They are wicked. What would be the number one thing God blessing them? Bringing them to salvation, wouldn't it? Transforming their lives. Blessing doesn't just mean give them money, give them everything they want. Blessing is bringing them to a relationship with God. And he says, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And, and so he's saying, again, this is not something you can do unless you're mining the grace of God and to come and say, now, God, I ask that you would bless them with a walk with you. I pray that you'd bless them with the forgiveness that they'd come to know the power of salvation God, I pray that you'd bless them with joy in their walk with you. And then number seven, to overcome evil with good. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So, these, this is hard. It's difficult. That's why most people never get victory over bitterness in their life. And they just learn to live with it. And, and we learn to keep things 
we learn to keep things in, in line most of the time. And, and we think we're successful when we're carrying around these loads and, and we're not blowing up and throwing things or whatever. But it's weighing down our soul. And, and the more bitterness we pile it on, pile it on, pile it on, and, and it robs us of joy and many other things. But this is, this, is God's, this is God's plan. Let me just quickly mention four things. God's plan is that I release the offense. Whether it's a circumstance of life that I'm bitter at God, I release it and give it to God. Secondly, that I respond biblically. Then... Ultimately, God wants there to be repentance. So, let's, let's just say, here's an individual that, that has done you wrong. And it was wrong. And you say, God, I'm giving that to you, and, and by your grace, I'm going to respond with a godly attitude and a godly spirit and and I'm going to overcome evil with good. And through your response and through the power of God working in their lives, God ultimately wants there to come repentance where the offender will say they were totally in wrong. The offender repents. And when they come to you, it's already a foregone conclusion. Yes, I'll forgive them. See, if we haven't released it to God, when they come to us, it's like, oh, you don't know how bad you hurt me. And we've been nurturing this. There are people that have nurtured hurts for 50, 60, 70 years. And they struggle then with giving, granting forgiveness. But God's plan is release it to God have a godly response that would bring repentance and ultimately reconciliation. See, so back, we're able to work together, we're able to have oneness, we're able to pick up and go on stronger than we've ever been before. You want to know why many times we don't see mighty workings of God? Because Christians themselves have never come to the point of reconciliation with one another. Because there hasn't been repentance, there hasn't been release to God, giving it up, God, you take care of it. I'm going to, by your grace, do what you've called me to do. The point is not what has happened to you. The point is your response. Chuck Swindoll said years ago, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. And that's what God's teaching here. And when we react in a selfish manner, we will be the one writing the letter of the people we're going to bite. Because we've harbored this bitterness and this anger. You wonder, why do, why do some people never seem to have joy? Because of what they're thinking on. 
this one's against me and they did this and they did this and they're building, loading their backpack and they're trudging through life with all of this. There is freedom in Christ. And he said, the same way I have forgiven you, I want you to forgive others. Lord, this is impossible in and of ourselves. And I pray today, if there are individuals here that have never known your forgiveness, Lord, I pray today they would come to to know fully the forgiveness of you. And then, Lord, I pray today, first of all, that you would open my eyes, open our eyes to see any areas of bitternesses that we have in our heart. And, Lord, I pray that we would confess it and forsake it. I pray that we would know your grace to help us to respond right so that there could be a release of our rights and our offenses to you, that we would respond in a biblical manner. And Lord, that you would then bring repentance and reconciliation, as you said, how good and how pleasant it is that your people dwell in unity. Lord, you know how blind we are to our own weaknesses, our own bitterness. So I'm asking you to again open our eyes and then give us the courage, give us the faith. Lord, give us the determination that we are going to get your grace And appropriate it in our life so that we can respond in a manner that brings glory to you and indeed brings joy in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.